This is the Just Sports Talk Podcast. What's up, guys? I'm Jared Manta. As per usual, I'm joined by Stefano Pileggi, Tristan Marcageni, and Dimitri Daffos. And we have a jam-packed show. We got three special guests. Our returning guest, Matthew Spina. Thank you very much, boys. Honored to be back. We had a heated discussion last week, so we had to make sure that Matthew Spina comes back for this one. Hopefully I can, you know, contribute <laughs> to that fire again and we can uh, get a hot discussion on our hands. And our new guest, Adamo Ritako. Is that, how you, that? Say, is that how you say your last name, that, right? That is exactly how you say my last name. Ritako. Okay, sure. Italian. Of course. Okay. And our last but not least, we got Ben Brown joining us today. All right. Thanks, JR. Great to be here. Thank you for being here, guys. And Tristan, what we got on the lineup today? Thanks, JR. Yeah, so today we're talking Leafs. They win again. Uh, you know, it's kind of getting yeah, tiring. Yeah. Kind of getting tiring of saying that. Uh, I never thought I'd be saying Leafs win so much. Uh, also talking about the Raptors. They stay on fire, uh, beating the Bulls last night. And uh, we're talking Olympics. Day six just finished up. They're 14 hours ahead, so they're going to be starting day seven pretty soon. And uh, we're going to get into <clears throat> a little Olympic talk. Uh, but first, Toronto Maple Leafs, as I mentioned before, uh, they win again. Uh, twelve. Yeah, last, five, what is it? Five in a row now. Five in a row now, and uh, they beat the Columbus Blue Jackets last night, six to three. Um, Frederick Anderson. Uh, there's a few storylines, but Frederick Anderson, man. Um, you know, when when a team gives up 57 shots, you would expect more than three to go in, I, I think, and yet he still stopped 54 or 57 shots. So that, that's just a Vesna caliber type of night. Never mind Vesna, MVP the team. Hart Trophy too, Hart Trophy too, absolutely. Um, and also Nazem Kadri, fourth career. Uh, NHL hat trick, great game, great game. That Marlowe, uh, Marner, and Kadri line has been absolutely killing it lately. It, it was it was a great game, and and you know what they str- the Leafs have struggled in, against Columbus, and I think last night they did struggle as well. It's just they finally found a way to pull through and win. They did struggle, but they did end up winning the game, and that that's a promising sight for a young team like the Leafs. So uh, it was good to see this win. You said it. The Marner, Kadri, Marlow line's been the biggest story about this team for the last two weeks now, three weeks. That Mike, or that Babcock's finally switched switched lines around a bit. You know, we've we've talked about it all season. What is gonna get this team going? What's gonna start making them keep their foot on the gas? And I think they found the solution. These three have been hot since they've been putting together. And, you know, as I said it, to win games, you're not going to get it out of one line. It's got to be a team effort, right? If you're not getting it from your Matthews, Nylander, and Hyman line, they're finally finding a way to get secondary and third scoring from their uh, from their other line mates, and that's a big thing, right? Well, you have to admit, the solution's not there yet. They're winning only nine out of ten games right now. They're really, they're really hot, and they're trying to get towards that, you know, first, first, first spot in the division. But we still have to see them in the playoffs. As, as always, we say it's a process. If they don't go far in the playoffs, I think it's still another failed season. Oh, for sure, Jr. And it's also about, <clears throat> it's also about not only getting that first seed, like you mentioned. It's also about sustaining that. Um, comp- the competitive nature in the playoffs. As it is right now, the Leafs will play Boston in the first round. And we know what happened with Boston four years ago. Don't bring f- it Five up. years ago. So... <laughs> 
And Boston is a team who has had the Leafs number in past years. I know the Leafs have swept the season series, but Boston is always a tough team. They're never a team that you're going to roll over and just win a series against. So, like you mentioned, we got the Leafs have to be able to sustain that peak performance and the all the lines have to be contributing, not just the Matthews line, not just the Marner, Marlowe, and Kadri line. Every single line's got to produce, and so does the defense. It's consistency, right? We talked about it last week in the podcast. If they can sustain a consistency... You know, this this team will look dangerous. Ben, you got something to say? Yeah, I just think that uh, you were talking about it, Steph, with um, being able to roll four lines um, and how important that is in today's NHL. We don't have Wade Belak and George Peros and Donald Brashear skating around the ice on every team anymore like we did even five, ten years ago. So the ability to <clears throat> roll four lines is imperative to any team's success. You look at um, some of the best teams in the NHL on a consistent basis, they always have, for the most part, four lines who can score goals and who can produce. And with no disrespect to Matt Martin... <laughs> Ever since he's come out of the lineup, the Leafs all of a sudden have had four lines that you can expect to get something out of every single night. And that has been a key to their success. Obviously, uh, as last night indicates, a defenseman uh, would be something that would be fantabulous for the team to go after. Uh, But they uh, haven't... uh, been able to do that yet um and we'll see if they do that before the deadline but i just love uh overall the offensive uh state of this team right now if the defense can pick up this is one of the more dangerous teams in the entire nhl that's it ben you hit it right there at the end if that defense can stay consistent they'll be a huge threat moving forward and they gotta get some more experience like we said last week if they get that experience on the back end they're gonna be very very dangerous going forward I thought one thing that was very good last night was even though they got outplayed because they got outshot, 47 shots on net they received. 57. 57 shots. Oh, my bad. I meant to say 57. My bad. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, regardless, even if it was 47, 57 is even crazier. (laughs) But the fact that they were able to score six goals, I know one was an empty net, but the fact that they were able to score five goals and be clinical. Because if you're not taking your chances, you're never going to do anything in hockey, right? So, I mean, you take your chances as you come. And even if you are getting outplayed, if you find a way to come out and win, that means something is very good about your club. But I just think hats got to go off to Freddie Anderson last night. I mean, even though Kadri did get a hat trick, if it wasn't for Freddie Anderson, I don't think the Leafs win. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And one of the other things I want to mention is uh, the game on, I guess it was Monday night against Tampa Bay. You see the team go up 3-0 and then they blow it. And... Um, it ends up in a tie game. Not four minutes later, they come back and score. James Van Riemsdyk comes back, puts one home, and the Leafs are able to carry it home. Um, 
Steph, that's something that we wouldn't have seen last year. In in a game like that against the best team in the NHL, they blow that lead in the early in the third period. That's a definite 4-3, 5-3 loss last year. But this year, they're able to be a resilient bunch. They um, have deeper scoring, as we mentioned. And I think that game was just a real character win for the team. So it's been a pretty good week, all things considered. They'll want to cut down on the shots against it uh, on Saturday and Sunday night and the difficult back-to-back coming up. But I think it's been a terrific stretch for this team. And that game against Tampa is just clearly indicative of how far they have come over the last couple of seasons. Ben, you said good week. It's been a good two to three weeks. You guys, it's now starting to get to the question. Playoffs are in April. What what do you do about Frederick Anderson's play? He's been stopping 40-plus shots night in, night out. You don't want to burn burn them out before playoffs. Do you guys do you guys rest him? Do you guys give Mac a few more games in between the pipes? You know, he 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 hasn't been playing bad and yeah, I get it. The division's close. Boston's up five points, Tampa's up seven. It's anyone's division still with lots of hockey left to play, but do you think the home ice to play for in the playoffs is something that can be a deciding factor in the long run of the team's performance or the team's playoff outcome? I mean, it's obviously a very good debate to have, but I think that as of right now, you keep going with what you have, especially we're talking about the goaltender right now, right? But I think as the season progresses, I think Curtis McElhenney should be given some more time than he's usually given because you never know. What if he's put into a situation in the playoffs? If Freddie's not having the greatest of nights, you need to have some experience. Again, knock on wood, we hope Freddie's going to be good night in and night out, but I think it's always good to prepare for the worst because by preparing for the worst, you'll always be ready in all aspects of the ice. And I think the key to being successful in the playoffs is having a hot goalie. Look at Washington over all these years. Holtby's been amazing during the regular season, but as soon as it comes playoff time, just can't get it done, can't get past the second round. So, I mean, as of right now, I keep it how it's going, but I think if the Bruins and Tampa kind of kind of race away with the top two spots, then I don't see why there's no point why you can't give McElhenney some time. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, uh, um, you know, the MO for McElhaney ever since he got here is playing on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, but you can't always do that. They were mentioning on the broadcast last night that at the pace Mac or uh, Anderson is going at right now that he will have upwards of 72 games uh, having been played. Excuse me, and that's just in the regular season. So, I mean, and playoff games are sometimes even more uh, intense, and uh, obviously there is much more riding on them. I think Freddie's played well, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see Mac actually possibly even get both starts this weekend against Pittsburgh and I believe it's Detroit. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens just with the volume of work 
in terms of games played and then of course uh the million shots that they gave up uh last night and he made about 997 million saves so uh it is a lot of saves um but so with that with all those things uh together i i'm not saying that i would start McElhaney in both uh, games on the weekend, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen given uh, how much work Anderson has put in and given the fact that uh, McElhaney has been a very solid uh, backup option for the Leafs this season. So we'll see what happens, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him. He'll definitely get one start, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him get both. Ben, you were in here last week for a discussion. Um, So... Last week, um, one of our main topics regarding the Leafs was regarding the defense and getting that elite defender or, you know, top D-man that can mm-hmm. help in the playoffs. What are your thoughts on that? Should the Leafs pursue maybe a guy like Ryan McDonough or maybe even go with a forward option just to get more depth for the playoffs? Maybe a guy like Rick Nash for playoff experience. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't see the need for anything up front mm-hmm. right now. I think um, with the implementation of Casperi Kapanen into the fold here uh, ever since the uh, game in Chicago back on the 24th of January. I think uh, that has made this team so much deeper. You see it. You've got mm. four lines who you're going to get stuff out of. I mean, Dominic Moore scoring for the first time in a year and a mm. half last night. Um, um, you know, and Kapanen with how fast he is man can that kid fly the i think they're they're deep enough up front to be successful in the playoffs but i do think they need that number one defenseman Mm. and i don't even know if it's this year i think jr was mentioning that um it's a failed season if they don't go far in the playoffs it depends what what you consider far like do you consider them going to the cup final far or the eastern conference final i know probably stefano con- is like in, no, stefano's in his finals. fantasy world saying they're gonna win the cup for the next 10 <laughs> years <laughs> eastern, conference um, far. eastern conference eastern conference far listen you got him started you got him started oh, now. we mentioned it last week yeah the team's winning games right now Okay. A lot that they should. They've won ten of their last twelve. But that's Steph. That's regular season. When they get to the when playoffs, you get you know, to the playoffs, it's another game. It's exactly. your team has to get to another level, exactly. and I understand that. But your for your team to maintain a level, to take a risk at the trade deadline for this team, it's not worth it. Let the kids play. Let the defense play as is. Mm. It's a consistent structure. Mm. Okay. You look at the Pittsburgh Penguins last year, and I'll use this as the example. Yeah. They went all the way to the cup final. They didn't have a shutdown number one D-man. They didn't. Mm. So at the end of the day, I think if the Leafs stay hot, at such an important time of the season and the defense stays consistent and plays the simple the simple structure excuse me that they're taught and that is preached every game this team will be wouldn't this team won't be someone you want to play in the playoffs but when you, you you like you brought up Pittsburgh obviously Pittsburgh have Crosby and Malkin right the Leafs don't have that type of the Leafs are an offensive juggernaut right now Spina in the NHL they're the second they're the second highest scoring team in the NHL yeah okay uh, my, Just- my thing my thing with the Leafs is uh 
I don't need them to win the cup this year for it to be a successful season. I think uh, the way they are uh, shaping up right now, if something doesn't change, they may not get past the second round. They have clearly the offensive talent to make it to uh, make it to the Eastern Conference Final, maybe even the Cup Final. Um, I don't think they're winning the Cup at all by any stretch, uh, especially considering the defense, but I don't know if you need to go out and make a blockbuster move to make the Cup this year. Sign a Doughty, sign a McDonough uh, in the offseason, either this year or next, and then you're a bona fide Stanley Cup contender. But... You don't need to be that right now because this is still... You have to consider here that the Leafs were supposed to be in the middle of pack to the bottom third of the pack for last the season they were last season and this season before anything got good. They are miles ahead of where they were supposed to be. And it's amazing to watch... And, and see, I mean, they're a terrific team, but going out and signing a defenseman while it's needed, I don't know that it's needed now. So this is, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. We've got 10 or 11 days until uh, the trade deadline. I know each of us is going to be sitting in front of the TV at 8 o'clock on the 26th of March. JR is shaking his head because hockey is that sport you dribble the ball, right? And... Uh, um, yeah. No, but I think uh, this is a good team, and I think they can get to the conference finals. they have the offensive talent to get to the cup final. I don't think the defensive talent, but as I said, they don't need to get to the cup final this year for it to be a successful season. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, but I wouldn't be urgently going after somebody like McDonough or uh, Doughty and giving up a bunch of prospects for for them at this point in time when it's not urgent that they get to the cup. Yeah, Ben, and and just to touch up on what you said, I agree with you on the fact that the Leafs probably aren't going to win the Stanley Cup this year. That that's most that there's an eighty percent chance they're not winning the Stanley Cup. However, that means there's a twenty percent they will. Hey boy, oh, uh, come on. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is, and I was talking with uh, Christina Pompili about this, our friend here at Seneca. You don't want to risk the la- the next five years per se to ruin this year you know i mean sorry just to build on this year you know what i mean like don't you don't want to give up a prospect like what what are the rangers going to want for a mcdonough what are they going to want they're going to want too much uh forwards uh maybe a maybe a lilia grin they might ask for absolutely they might ask for a first round pick i don't want to give that up well and the other thing is that's interesting that you bring up him uh is he the number one defenseman that they need to get uh is it is it internal i don't think anybody has really given much thought to tim lilligren uh in terms of his ability to be that number one type of defenseman. Uh, I don't know what you guys think on that, but is this number one defenseman problem an easier one to solve than we have been making it out to be over the last little while? (laughs) 
See, I think, and we were talking about this last week too. I think that when Travis Dermott came in with the Leafs, he changed their plans on how they approach the uh, trade deadline. I think that they don't need to be as aggressive nope. going for a defenseman as they needed to probably a, even a month ago. Absolutely. Even, because Dermott is a guy who he's proven to you in only, what is it, seven games he's played? That more than, I would say a few more than even that. Even maybe a few more. I'm not, 12, I don't have the stats say. right in front of me, but he's played a decent amount of games that he, you know he's going to give you everything he's 18, got. 18 yep. minutes a night. I mean, he's, he got walked last night on yep. one of the goals, but I mean, you know what? He has come in and just completely changed the outlook of this defense. I mean, we're talking about giving up 57 shots last night. <laughs> if Dermot's not in the lineup, you're giving up 70 shots. And they they lost Gardner too. That was a, that, was, that was another thing. Yeah, you know, taking So it'll be interesting to see with Jake because. Uh, did you see where he got hurt? Did anybody see that? Because Kristen Shilton lower body. was on Twitter. Lower well, body. Yeah. No, but did you see the play? Because Kristen Shilton of TSN was on Twitter saying, uh, Gardner's out of the game, but I don't know how in the hell he got hurt. I don't know what happened. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, is up with him and see whether that changes the lineup. But I agree with you, Tristan, 100% on Dermot because he's come in and, as I said, just changed the entire look of this back end and made it even better uh, than than it was 21 days ago or so when he was called up. Uh, and, you know, he, um, he's been solid and I like what I've seen. Uh, so we'll see how he is able to perform the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, even myself, I couldn't really see or officially say what had happened to Gardner. Steph and I were joking about er, about it earlier, but we were actually kind of thinking that's what actually might have happened. We were hoping that Lou Lamorello might have actually got a trade going so that Jake Gardner can get on out here of Toronto and we can get some other valuable pieces. I mean... Mm-hmm. He's up his yeah. has picked up his game, but the whole team two. has the last two and a half weeks. So it's good that he's there too. But I think he's someone that you can actually trade away and get a lot back, and still be the same team. Um, yeah. I mean, who like who are they gonna like on this team? He's a top pairing defenseman on this team. Top four easily. I mean, that's not even a question. So, which brings me to all the questions I have and all the worries I have about this back line. You don't think Gardner is a legit top four defenseman in the NHL? He doesn't need to be a top pairing guy. They a can go four at the one. best. A four at the best. Not a three. Not a three. Well, a ben, three and a four is interchangeable no. depending on what side you play on. I mean, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. So it's like. I just I don't see Jake Garner as anything but your fourth best defenseman. So Okay. This but, year. Right, but who, that's all but isn't that kind of all he needs to be going forward? I mean you got Riley, so if you go out and get somebody like Doughty or McDonough in the future, which let's just say isn't gonna be a piece of cake because you gotta sign Matthews Marner and Nylander. Um as well, so and Doty is gonna or McDonough are both gonna want upwards of, uh, you know, 
a gazillion dollars, so it's not going to be easy to sign him or Doughty. But if you're able to do it somehow, you know, Gardner only needs to be a top four. He doesn't need to be much more than that in an ideal world. Right now, maybe he does. But in an ideal world going forward, I'm not certain that he needs to be a top pairing guy. Yeah, but I think he expects that of himself. Absolutely. And I I think that sooner or later he's going to realize and say... I'm not a four. I'm more of a two. And he's going to be like, you know what? If I'm not getting the minutes that I think I truly deserve, he's going to want out. Because at the end of the day, if you're winning, that's amazing. But if you're not getting the minutes that you think you deserve, that'll upset you and that'll make you want him leave. Sure. Uh, Steph, you got something to add here? He's got to realize he's in a little bit of a situation similar to what Kaji was in years back. The day Kadri got drafted into the NHL, the second he was given his opportunity, he thought he was going to be a number one center in the the NHL. I never saw that coming. Let's be real. No one ever thought he was going to be a number one centerman. That leaves the number one defenseman. He's not Gardner. But we're relating this to Gardner's Gardner's situation. Okay. Once Babcock came into play, he... He made Kadri realize that he's got to do what he's good doing, okay? He's got to be that third-line center, that player, that pain in the rear end that players are not going to want to play against, and he's succeeding at that. So Gardner's got to realize what he's good at, what he isn't good at, and from there, evaluate further. I think, See, it's, I think it's all about... Sorry, Tristan. I just think... It's all about knowing your place and playing your role. Because once yeah. you know your place and everyone does what they're strong at, that's what's going to make for a successful team. And I think that's what Gardner needs to work. He needs to learn. You know, you're a good player, but you can be a lot better than what you are. He's got the skating ability. He's got the shooting. He has the passing ability, but it all starts in your brain. Doesn't he doesn't have. Sometimes he doesn't have all his marbles in in his in the bank. Makes you know some boneheaded I mean? mistakes. Yeah. Which caused the Leafs. So, I mean, he's a good player, but I want to see him go from a good player to a great player because that's the only way that he's going to be able to help the Leafs. And I think that's why also the the Leafs are looking at a player like Ron, Ryan McDonough. Uh, and this sort of goes back to what you were saying before, Ben, about you know how much is it going to cost the Leafs to get a player like that. Uh, right in front of me, I have it here. McDonough's making $4.7 million right now, and he's got a year left on his deal. He's going to get a big payday, though. And he's going to want a big payday. Exactly. He's only 28 years of age, so he... He's a UFA, not this summer, the following summer. In 20 he's got one more year on his deal. So, so essentially, he's going to want around, if he's making four now, you could assume he's going to want around the seven range. Double that, eight probably. You, well, even so, right? We and could, seven years. We could debate someplace. how long and for how much, but regardless, he's going to want more than what he's making now. And, and you know what? He does deserve that money. Uh-huh. He does deserve that money. You could also look at a guy like Mike Green. Who's I think a reason people aren't looking at Mike Green though is the fact that he is 32. Mm-hmm. He is making six mil a year. It, it's tough to to want to pay an aging player that kind of cash, especially if they're on the decline of their career. Yeah. And, and Drew Doughty as well. Drew Doughty is making six and six point seven mil. Now he's 29. Drew Doughty. So. 
you still got some years. If you got Drew Doughty, you got some years to work with him. And, mm-hmm. and he's arguably the second best defenseman in the NHL. Arguably. Maybe even the best, some yep. would argue. But but I think th- that's why some people are considering McDonough for the Leafs on the fact that he is $2 million, he is $2 million cheaper than a Doughty or a Mike Green or a... Or a, sorry, I have it right here. Or a Nick Holden on the Rangers as well. I'm. You have to look at even Nick Holden, right? He's 30 years old, but he's and he's only a million dollars, but he's not the guy you want to go get if you're going to go make a blockbuster deal. And like we were mentioning before, what are you giving up, right? Uh-huh. You don't want to give up too much. Nope. Uh, and I think that's why some people are looking at the market this year and saying, eh, it's not worth it to give up the future because yep. nothing. You're not, there's nothing really good on the market per se in this uh, typical and. NHL trade um, uh, deadline. Yeah, I don't think going out and making a deal here is the best way to go about it. I think you can wait another year or two and uh, go hard after one of those guys. I mean, um, because as you said, Tristan, I mean, you're giving up an arm and a leg otherwise, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas you're not doing that. You're still keeping your first round picks and your guys like uh, Liljegren and uh, Andreas Janssen, uh, those type players. So I think uh, there shouldn't be any rush to go out and make a deal here uh, in the next 10 or 11 days. I think uh, they're going to they're gonna be successful in the playoffs, whether that means losing in the second or third round uh, is yet to be seen. But they're going to be successful, and I think that's, as I've said, all they need. They don't need to get to the cup final and have that number one defenseman yet in order for this year to be considered successful. Successful, Absolutely. Like, for me, I think even if the Leafs lose in the second round of the playoffs, it's successful. For sure. You got further than last year. She steps over there having that's, a heart attack right now. That's, like, that, that's progress. I haven't said that. No, but you gave me the, the look. You gave me the look, but I'm trying to tell that's you progress. that. progress. Yeah, such a young team if you're progressing every single year with your results that's ultimately what matters and it's then after that and then after that the year after if you don't make it to the Stanley Cup finals but you make it to the conference final you're still going and then after that you can aim for the Stanley Cup finals I just think I think you aim for the Stanley Cup finals always yes but it's not realistic that's it realistic um, it's all about realism yeah. at the end of the day. I don't think at the beginning of the year anybody said, yeah, the Leafs are winning the Stanley Cup. But the way the season Steph has transpired. <laughs> okay, yeah. But, but yeah. He, was, he was drinking some Kool-Aid that yeah, day. Yeah, said that. yeah. Kool-Aid. But, regard, but regardless, the, the, per, nobody per, right. at the beginning of the year, no realistic person was saying, yeah, the Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup this year, right? But the way the season has transpired between Tampa Bay being so far ahead of everybody else all year long, between Boston get, going on that 14-game uh, point streak, but between in the West, you have teams like Chicago and uh, L.A. struggling to even make the playoffs. I think some people, as the season went on, and they see the East is actually a better conference this season than the West. They, like if you look at the top teams, they have more points than the Western teams. I and and I think personally, if the Leafs, by some miracle, and Stefano's going to love this, if the Leafs did make the Stanley Cup final. I think they would be any team in the in the Western Conference. I really do. I don't think the Leafs, the would, Vegas Golden Knights, are going to the Cup. I think they could beat Vegas. <laughs> I'm I think down. They, 
I think they could beat any team in the West. I think the Leafs' problem is the East. I think the Leafs would struggle against Tampa, against Columbus, against Pittsburgh, those teams. I don't think the Leafs would struggle against the Western Conference team. I really think they would beat any team they played in the in uh, in the West. Wait, Tristan, did you say you think Vegas can make it to the Cup final? Well, but anybody in the West can make the final. But uh, Ben brought up Vegas is going to the final. I said I think the Leafs could beat Vegas. Do you think? Do you think Vegas or not? Not Vegas, uh, Ben. Do you think that the Leafs? I know you said earlier that you th- don't think in the next ten to eleven days that anything's gonna happen with the Leafs. Um, if a deal were to happen, what, what would you like to see as a Leafs fan? Well, that's kind of a difficult question to answer because I'm not sure I want to see a deal in the first mm-hmm. place. You rather uh, keep the core that you got now? You rather keep the core that you got now and then go go for the cup, or would you? Uh, well, not this year. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they're good enough right now to make it to the cup final, but I'm okay with that. I don't need them necessarily to make the cup. So mm-hmm. if, I mean, it's pretty much a given, Matt, that you're going to have to lose a first rounder, a second rounder, and a Lilligren probably to, to pull uh, off a trade pull off a deal with somebody. Well, even even if you go and sign a McDonald, you'd have to give up a, a draft pick. In for that. sure. So, I mean, either way, you're going to be losing that pick if you want to go for that guy like a Drew Doughty or a McDonough in the offseason. But you're you're at a point now. Yeah, it's a process how, oh, how to build a way to win. The Leafs don't need any more prospects. Why? They don't need them. Step, you look at a team like a Chicago... Tristan, they've got so many in the farm system that are capable of playing. You don't need to... I know you build through draft, you build through draft, but there's only so much you can potentially build through a draft. See, the thing is, we've been spoiled as fans the past two years because two years ago, people tend to forget this, the Leafs finished last in the league two years ago. Mm -hmm. Like, last place. We're not saying last in the East. Last in the league, and then... From there, the first brick of this new house we were building was Austin Matthews. And then you had Mitch Marner on the come, back, uh, come up, William Nylander on the come up, Hyman on the come up, Connor Brown on the come up. You had all this stuff, all these players, all these prospects. But why would you give up a first-round pick? Again, this goes back to my point, for, but me and Ben were making this point before. You don't want to sabotage the next five years just so you could stack it because there's a guarantee there's no guarantee you're going to win the cup, but there is a guarantee you're giving something up, though. If, sorry to cut you off. No, that's fine. Go ahead. If, if if you need if you need to give up a first round pick to to fill a hole in one of your team's biggest assets, mm. I would do it. I think any contending team would do that. I mean, they they've proven you've just you just set a list of all the players that were in the come up. This these players are here. These these players are winning. If you need to trade a first round pick and a prospect, do it. If you're gonna get your biggest asset, or, or you're gonna satisfy the hole needed in your biggest asset, do it. Because personally, these kids are still young. They haven't even hit their primes yet. And we're already talking about this team being a real contender within the next few years. Yeah, but 
how much are you giving up is the question because we're just hypothetically saying a pick and and a prospect but if I'm the Rangers Ryan McDonough is one of the elite defensemen in the league I might want more I want my more than just a prospect and and first a fir- first round pick I might maybe maybe the way the salary works you can't there's no one there's no one the Leafs want to trade that will match the salary therefore you're gonna have to do a multiplayer trade and then it starts getting complicated afterwards in regards of matching caps and matching you know, value. Because, again, you don't want to sabotage future years just to bulk up this one year. Then you give up those prospects, and then what if those prospects turn out to be superstars? So what when, if, not even that. So, well, what if, you know, obviously you have contracts coming up, and you do want to commit to a guy like McDonough for six or seven years <laughs> and give him eight mil plus? He's like, a great defenseman. He's, yeah, he's a great defenseman, but, like, you know... Is it, yeah, he's not, you know. Well, he's making, yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's making 4.7 now. He will want $7 million. He's worth every penny of that, Ryan McDonough. So you're saying Ryan McDonough should get paid just as much as P.K. Subban? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. Absolutely. P.K. Subban is on a whole nother level. The one thing, the one thing I will say about um, a possible trade here is... And this is going to be a little bit to Steph's point, playing a bit of devil's advocate. The one thing uh, that would be the case with giving up a first round pick, it isn't going to be a top five pick. It's going to be a late first round. Right, a late first rounder. So but I mean, the le- doesn't necessarily say that that kick that kick no, be a superstar. No, of course not. But I'm just saying players. the likelihood of a late first rounder being. Uh, superstar a superstar is highly, type guy is not anywhere near as high as a top five as a top five pick. Yeah, so agreeable. that would be the one thing that I would maybe stop to think about mm. uh, when making this deal. But I think overall, my um, my um, my my thought stands that I don't want to mortgage the future to uh, to bring in a guy that's ready now and can right. make an impact and can okay. have an impact right now. Mm-hmm. As nice as it, I mean, it would be nice to be able to say the Leafs have Ryan McDonough, Drew Doty, or Brent Burns on their roster. Mm. Uh, that would be something pretty cool to be able to say, but I don't know that it's something that they need. needs to happen right now, mm. and especially with, in a trade, the type of stuff that you're going to have to give up in order to obtain that asset. Is that asset now worth giving up a first-round first asset prospect. and a prospect and maybe even maybe, a second-round pick? Maybe even more than that. You never know, right? Yeah, I, w- so. I would even argue that... They the Rangers want, or the Kings might want to toss in a second rounder. Yeah, or, or, or even like uh, a guy like, uh, you know, they may even want a ready-now player, never mind that, if they want to maybe, you know, not go through that full extensive yep. rebuild, you know, be out of the playoffs a couple years, because New York's a big market, right? Yep. You know, they don't want to have, you know, a team that's been re- rebuilding for the next couple years, right? Yep. So they probably want to remain a team that can always push for the playoffs, you know, so they can keep that revenue up. So that's a logical point right there, too. Yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I'm not necessarily discounting that they'll make a deal. I mm. just don't know if it's necessarily the right approach to take right now when you're in the second or the third year of a rebuild and you're already saying we're pretty legitimate to make the Eastern Conference final. I mean, this is crazy what has happened over the last two years. I mean, anybody going into last season, I didn't expect the Leafs to make the postseason last year at all. I didn't 
even think it was a possibility. And then they go in and they squeak in and they force Washington to six games and very easily could have won those games. Yeah, and they very, I mean, they could have won that series. And you were uh, saying that. I was saying that we wouldn't win a game. I legitimately thought that against Washington, and then they um, they pushed them to six. So, I mean, it's just crazy what we've seen over the last little while. But cup final isn't something that needs to be in the cards in order for this to be another step in the right direction for this team. Okay, last point on this discussion, Dimitri. I know you wanted to say something. I just, Ben, you said it's been a three-year rebuild. I think the Leafs have been rebuilding since 67. No cup, man. No cup. Uh, JR, he's not allowed on here anymore. It's the facts. No <laughs> cup. No cap. It is It is the facts. But It might be the fact that they haven't won a cup in five billion years since, like, the dinosaur ages. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they... This full rebuild doing it properly has been going on for three years they've been rebuilding uh improperly for a while but i don't think i think this has been a three-year rebuild of them doing it right and this has just been absolutely unbelievable and it's amazing to be able to know in october that your team's going to make the playoffs i haven't i haven't lived through that yet uh, um, mm. to Dimitri's point so I've never had a team where I'm like okay this team is going to make the playoffs this year and it's and it's a guarantee and it feels really good uh, but let's not heighten our expectations too much let's temper Seth. them and uh, you know progress is progress so we'll see how far they get but Cup final. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's not the end of the world right now. Exactly. We still got much more uh, over 20 games left to play. And trade deadline is less than two weeks away, so we'll see what happens regarding that. Uh, let's move on to the let's let's move on to some ball. Let's talk some ball, shall we? Uh, Toronto Raptors again. Was it now seven, seven straight games? Baby. Seven let's straight go. games. Seven straight games. Last night they beat the the Bulls in, at the United Center in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, one twenty two ninety eight. Another gr- just great all around game by the Raptors. Uh, they they started out slow actually in the first at the end of the first it was thirty three twenty seven Chicago, mm-hmm. but. Then you know they outscored them the second, third, and fourth quarter, and a great game all around. You had uh, you know Demar Derozan. Actually, Derozan had a had a slow night, seven points. He had yeah. a slow night, uh, which DeRozan. is good. That's a good sign because I mean usually we <laughs> hold on. Let me finish. Uh, <laughs> start laughing before you make a we point. We usually rely on Derozan and Lowry yeah. to like you know pick up the load. So the fact right. that you know other players are doing that. That's that's a really good sign for Raptors. No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I agree with you. I think it's a good sign because as we've seen in the past with playoffs, especially, mm. you see Lowry and DeRozan choking pretty. And hard. if they go cold, and, it's like lost. And right, yeah. right, right, right when they get into the playoffs, and you have Lowry and DeRozan who are carrying the team in uh, the regular season, mm. and they just choke, then it shows you that uh, you know the Raptors aren't able to go through. But now this year, mm. they have arguably one of the better benches in the league with For sure. people like yeah. Van Vliet, of course. And um, you know, I think that of course. The yeah, law right. The law right. Great, oh, man. Great law defender. 
defender off the bench. So I think that, uh, you know, it's, it is it is in fact a good sign that, you know, the points can be spread across all the players, including on the bench. So, uh, you know, that could be the one factor that gets the Raptors maybe, maybe to the finals. What do you think, Matt? What do you think? <laughs> Honestly, okay. I'm going to kind of contradict myself off last podcast. Um, Go ahead. Do it. What I've seen from the Cavs post-trade Mm-hmm. Has really impressed me. Right. How? How? It's a couple games, but I mean, look how they they beat the yeah. Thunder for Christ's sake. Right. 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 And they have basically a whole new bench, and the fact that they've gelled that quickly, and done and won mm-hmm. comfortably against a team like the Thunder, who've been together all season, that is a really. That, I'm scared now. As a Raptors fan, personally, I'm scared because I know what LeBron can do in the playoffs, and now that LeBron's got this supporting cast around him, that all the drama's out. Um, so I, I mean, knock on wood, you know, we could hopefully, you know, our bench is the proven point of this season. And I think we need, as a Raptors, we need to go after that one more guy. And obviously Joe Johnson will be Houston, so he's off the market. But VC. Uh, Vinny. I want Vince Carter. But did I you guys see what Vince Carter did a couple nights ago? He can still ball. He can still ball. Yeah. Yeah. No, 40, 41. Yeah, he could, he could still put yeah. up five points a night, huh? Hey, hey, but you know what? Five I'm more than we have right before. Now. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, Vince Carter or any, really, any veteran is the type of player that the Raptors need. Um, however, I think that, um, yeah, Cleveland are just, oh, they're just, they're, they're, right. they're really, really making me second guess, man. I mean, even Boston too. I mean, Boston are just another team that are that, just like absolutely that's, ridiculous. That's another discussion. Who do you, who do you see leading besides the Raptors between Boston? Boston and the Celtics, who takes on the Eastern Conference between Milan? Between Milan? Between the Raps, of course. I mean, Milan's <laughs> on my mind. You know, nice, nice two win. We'll there we go. win over Ludogorets. I'm just saying, Kutrona. Anyways, back up. Back Can we on switch the segment to Euro, Euro League no, real no, quick no, no, or no? no. Maybe, maybe next, maybe next, maybe week. next podcast. <laughs> but yeah, um, Boston, Boston of the Cavs. Who do you think's uh, the Raptors' uh, biggest competition? Cleveland. Cleveland for one At this main point, exactly Cleveland. Tristan for one main reason LeBron that's all they need that's all they need I mean go ahead JR but at the point that Matthew said I know it might second guess you that the Cleveland Cavaliers are clicking but just only two games it's only been two games have I second guessed yeah you know it's it's probably it probably might you probably might see a chase for uh, second seed so the Cavaliers might chase the Celtics to get that second seed to try to face the Raptors within the first two rounds before they get into Eastern Conference Finals but you know it's just two games I know a lot of American media have been saying oh Cleveland they're they're back on track yeah. mm-hmm. but it's just, like they haven't been facing healthy teams right Celtics I don't think they were they weren't that healthy when they played on Sunday mm-hmm. who are they missing other than Gordon Hayward I mean, Kyrie Irving wasn't playing that well. And yeah, they're also on a bad streak. They're losing. Now they've lost three they lost games. The Clippers last. Yeah, they lost the Clippers a few days like ago. Like a will. <laughs> and Cleveland, who they faced the other day for OKC. OKC is clicking now, and they lost. Well, no, they won against no, Cleveland. No, OKC has been doing very well. Cleveland have similar records. Yeah. So how, like, you know, how much can you? Give me the talk, microphone, talk, Adamo. Uh, how much can you? Uh, wow. <laughs> um, how much can you put into a game where, 
uh, Oklahoma City and Cleveland have similar records right now. I mean, it's 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 you know what I'm saying. It's difficult to make a judgment based on them. Like you look at who they've played since uh, they traded away their entire roster and had to like restart everything. They played Atlanta. I mean, the six of us or however many there are could go out and beat the Hawks at the moment. So Probably. That doesn't Schroeder. that doesn't mean much. They played the Celtics, who are a good team, but they've been struggling. And then you played the Thunder, a team with similar records. So it's three games. Yeah, they won all three of them, but one of them was a cakewalk. Um, one of them was another cakewalk that maybe shouldn't have been. And then they play a team with... a close to identical records. So it'll be interesting to see when they start playing teams like the Spurs and the Wizards um, going forward in the next couple of games, how they fare. And then we'll be able to, I think, get a better idea of where this team really stands. Trying trying to finish my point that Cleveland, they have a chance to make to the Eastern Conference Finals. But, you know, obviously Kyrie Irving wasn't playing that well against Boston on Sunday. I think one true test, if this Cleveland team with this new roster and this new squad, if they're actually legit, they could actually play together, is facing the Washington Wizards. I know they don't have John Wall, but if they can beat the Washington Wizards and the Toronto Raptors with this new squad... I'll, sec- I'll start to second guess on this Cleveland team and think about maybe Boston might drop down. Maybe Raptors won't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then, you know, Cleveland might have a cakewalk once again against, you know, Boston, Milwaukee, right. Washington, all those Eastern teams. And also with Boston, you have uh, the rookies hitting the wall. You got Jason Tatum, you got Brown. You know, you got these players that uh, were playing amazing this season. You know, people were looking at Tatum saying he could be the rookie of the season over the likes of Ben Simmons. And, uh, you know, now it's not looking like that's uh, going to happen. But will Boston bounce back, Dimitri? One thing before I get into what I'm about to say, I just want to apologize to all the viewers because last week I said it was a big F you to LeBron, this and that. But I think I was just in the heat of the moment because I was like Isaiah Thomas. He's still a talented guy. Jay Crowder still a talented guy who's a two way player. So like you're going to miss those guys. But then again, when you actually think about it. I needed three hours to regroup and collect myself. I said, you got Rodney Hood who's coming in. He's an established scorer who's going to put you up probably at least 15 a night. And majority of those points are going to be three-pointers at times that are crucial and at times that are going to matter. Jordan Clarkson can literally turn on a switch whenever he wants, and he's going to be a big asset coming off the bench. Larry Nance Jr. is a very underrated two-way player. I mean, the guy can rebound the ball. He can score the ball. He can definitely dunk the ball. (laughs) I mean, yeah, he's in the dunk contest. Yeah, he is faster than Tristan Thompson. But in the last, I know it's only been four games, but the last four games, Tristan Thompson has been playing very well, very well. So, I mean, you look at when they won the title that one year, Tristan Thompson Thompson was an absolute monster in that series, especially against the Warriors. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the one way you got to beat the Warriors is by bullying them down low in the paint. So, like I said, I think with all that drama out now with Isaiah Towns, with Dwayne Wade and everyone else, I think the Cleveland 
Cavaliers are the, still the team to beat in the East. Right. And I think it's obvious to say that. And with respect to the Raptors, you guys said what team would be the biggest problem for them. And obviously, it's going to be the Cavs. But to me... The Raptors need to be able to get over what they've done in the past. I think they're their own biggest obstacle. Mm-hmm. I think understandable. I think that the Raptors need to get over everything that the critics are telling them. You guys aren't going to do this. You're not going to go this far. You're not going to do that. The Raptors have to say, you know what? The past is the past. It's all about the presence. Look at the stats this year. Over the course of however many games there have been in the East, in the regular season this year, the Raptors have been the best team in the East. No question about that. But yeah, best home record in the NBA. Only four losses at home, right? But what I'm trying to get at is that... In the past, the Raptors have been ones to beat themselves, not necessarily be beaten by the other opponents. And that's where I think the Raptors really need to crack down psychologically and try and break down teams because that's the one way that they're going to be able to be considered an elite team. I know you're, you're talking about the playoffs for sure, right? Like playoffs, they need to, you know, find a way that they actually get over the hump that they're, they're always struggling in the playoffs. And one thing that we could probably say is that could we trust his bench? The mm-hmm. bench has been playing mm-hmm. phenomenal for the for the whole season, but can they sustain that in the playoffs when Dwayne Casey will shorten up the benches, right. and you never know if Dwayne, like Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan will again struggle in the playoffs, and then you would need your bench players. Mm-hmm. What if the bench players will struggle then? So it's 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 a whole team whole team aspect from the bench players to the starters that they need to go over the hump of their of them. You know, trying to beat themselves to beat other teams, well, like exactly what Dimitri was talking about. I agree. I think you just kind of you take it as it comes. Right now, obviously, you have the playoffs in the back of your head, but as of right now, the playoffs really don't matter. Just get through the regular season. One, make sure you're healthy, because if you're not healthy, you're not beating the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. And two, if that bench isn't going, you're not beating LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because I'm telling you right now, if that bench actually stays the way it's been playing all year, I don't want to say they have a very, very, very good chance to beat the Cavaliers, but I think it's definitely a talking point and something that you can argue. Well, right. And well, I mean, I mean, you also have to think, sorry for cutting you off, you also have to think that, uh, you know, you look at Boston and you look at the Cavs and uh, Toronto situation, the Cavs have the pressure of being LeBron's team. It's LeBron James, his legacy is on the line if he goes to the finals and then he plays Golden State. And if he beats Golden State, that is a huge, that is a massive achievement thing that, you know, this is the, the invincible team one of the greatest teams we've seen in decades so uh, that that's a, a massive amount of pressure for the Cavaliers and you see Boston they have a massive hype train a lot of people have been jumping on that bandwagon and they're starting to crash a little bit but the one person people aren't talking about or one team people aren't talking about is the Raptors when you watch TNT when you see Shaq and when mm. you watch Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp discuss they're all saying Boston Cavs Boston Cavs. actually Will Kane a couple days ago finally gave the Raptors finally, credit finally they're about getting their credit damn time and I mean that that's that's my point. I mean, it's you, you have Boston playing under this enormous pressure. They have all these youngsters who aren't used to that situation. You have the Cavs, who, as I said, is LeBron's team. And then you have the Raptors, who don't really have much pressure because people don't expect anything from them. Mm-hmm. But they could be the dark horse in these playoffs, and they might be able to go all the way. You, you know what's crazy? We've completely left Kevin Love out of this equation. Ke- but when they get Kevin Love back, imagine what they're, what they're doing now, and then they got that... Another weapon, right? 
I don't know, man. I mean, I'm a Raptors fan, and I'm I'm trying mm-hmm. my very hardest to have hope. Mm-hmm. But last year we got swept, and oh goodness, uh, I, I, mean, I don't know, man. I'm well on on your point of Kevin Love. I think that might be a disadvantage for Cleveland. I think that think? by the time by the time Kevin Love comes back, they're gonna have their chemistry going with the other guys. And then you think and, adding him to the and you're gonna have, okay. you're gonna have Larry Nance, and we've seen how the Cavs have performed. You see when you know LeBron doesn't like the situation that's going on, he he sort of switches off a little yeah. bit. Uh, I think that you know Kevin Love coming can be it can go either way. He can yeah. either be a massive addition where he becomes that perennial All Star that he has been in previous years. Yep. Or it could be that, you know, he ruins the chemistry of the team and, you know, that they have to change everything going on. And, you know, Larry Nance Jr. could be, his role could be affected. You mm-hmm. can see the bench having to move up and pieces going up and down and minutes being yeah. changed. So I think it, it might ruin the flow, but I mean, it is Kevin Love at the end if, of the day. If they, use, if they use Kevin Love as another scapegoat again after they've blown up, after they've blown up this roster. He the game. Okay. I... I really don't understand what is going on in Cleveland if they use Kevin Love as a scapegoat again. Sure, he's come back from an injury, but LeBron got everything he wanted. He wanted the chemistry. He wanted to get a better team around him. He got a better sporting cast. He got rid of all the negative energy at that locker room. And if Kevin Love comes back and they start losing again and they say, Kevin Love, you're the problem, I don't know what I'm going to do. I really don't know what I'm going to do because honestly, Kevin Love does not deserve that. Kevin Love, when he was in Minnesota, was putting up 25 points a game with, with 12 rebounds. 12 rebounds for a power forward. Okay? Or, and he could shoot the three. So the fact that he's getting this this treatment in Cleveland is absolutely disgusting. It honestly, it it it, it, it is just shocking. Well, I just want to I just want to say something here. So I think right now in the past five minutes between Dimitri Adamo and Spina, mm. uh, I think you guys. We, I could be wrong, but from what what I perceive is that you guys are saying the Raptors, even though they're doing better this year, now that LeBron's gotten rid of all those problems and he's got Kevin Love coming back with that promise, you guys are saying essentially the Cavaliers still have the potential to beat the Raptors, correct? Yeah. Okay. Do you think getting that first seed in the East, getting mm. home court against the uh, the Cavs, do you think that will be a difference maker in, in terms of favoring the Raptors to win that series? Do you think because... Well, that's a yes and no. Because, because you yeah. have, like like you mentioned before, Matt, that the bench has been playing great, great yeah. as of lately, right? And, and you might want to have home court for that bench to do well, but I'm looking at a game like last night that was away in Chicago. Yeah. Pascal Siakam had 17 points. Fred Van Vliet had 11. Pirtle had 10. <laughs> DeLon Wright had 7. So they're doing this on the road. So I'm thinking if you're at home, can these guys put up even better numbers and even give you a better chance to beat the Cavs? Or do you think it really just doesn't matter? It just It's LeBron at the end of the day. He can beat them no matter where. Wait, wait. Who did the Raptors play last night? Chicago. Okay. Okay, but that's not. I understand that they're not Cleveland. They got I, so I, mean, I understand you know. they're not Cleveland, but they played on the road and they showed they could do that on the road. So what I'm asking you is, do you think playing at home is gonna help I, them? I think utilizing, like we said earlier, they're the best team in the NBA with, or sorry, the only team in the NBA with the, the best home record, right? You want to use your assets as much as you can, and if playing in front of your home court or on your home home court is uh, like their strong point go for it just going back to like we said what's holding the Raptors back a lot of it is what Dimitri said they hold themselves back the Raptors have been prone in the or prone in the past to playing games that they can't play 
players are trying to step out of their comfort zones, trying to do something that they can't produce in. And I think that's a big factor of what's cost this team in the past. If the Raptors just stick to playing the game they know how to play, Isobah. They will do just fine. Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. So Dimitri just said they're going to play Isobah. You just agreed to that? You can't. I, you just, can't I just think their players have to do what they're best at. That's all. Yeah, what, what they can. Wait, what, no, no, not, definitely not Isobah. Probably, probably like probably three seconds left in the, in the quarter, but. Um, when they when they continue this culture change of shooting, oh, making some productive threes. JV with the three death yeah. taxes and the JV three. <laughs> oh my god! Get it, Ben. Uh, what I was getting to my point was, <laughs> if CJ Miles can be a consistent shooter, if this bench can actually produce well into the playoffs, have this consistency from the regular season and pass it on to the playoffs. This team can do well. But my thing is that this bench doesn't have that much experience. The starters do, but the experience that the starters have have been garbage. Yeah. Trash. And that's and that's my point about the bench, right? Because they don't have experience. Dimitri, you're saying they played Chicago last night. But the point is, do you think being at home in a game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, you think that'll help them? I think having the home crowd rooting for you, that's going to help perform the playoffs and gives you a better chance to beat Cleveland. Well, obviously, it, it's very obvious that if you're playing at home it's always going to help you yeah but let's be realistic here whenever the raptors go to the quick and loans arena they, they never win yep. they, they lose struggle. by like 20 points every single time they go there that's why i think that having home court advantage will not matter with the Cavs. i honestly don't think it will because it's, it's different this season i mean yeah. What, what are they currently now? I believe it's 23 and 4 at home. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's the best by like I think two or three games than any other team in the NBA. So if it was talking last season, yes, it yeah, it doesn't matter. But the Raptors, we've we've you know we're obviously from Toronto, we've been to Jurassic Park, we know the atmosphere that and we know how much the Raptors, you know Maple Leaf Square. It, Jurassic Park. No, Maple it's, Leaf Square. They all right. That's a conversation. Okay. That's a another Start podcast. It. Okay, so <laughs> I it, it's yeah sure the playoffs are a different animal and whatever but the Raptors they really really need to take advantage of this home court uh-huh. if they don't do that against Cleveland against any other team you know they, they could easily win on a way but like you said Dimitri at Quicken Loans they struggle I don't know what it is I think it's you know just LeBron having that 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 you know home atmosphere that just absolutely you know flicks a switch in his head mm-hmm. but. Raptors need to take advantage of home court. Well, Dimitri, I was never a great math student. Never. But (laughs) thanks for that. But if my indicate if my math is correct in this situation, if you have home court and it goes to a game seven, you get four games at home, right? So if they're gonna struggle kick alone, but they only gotta play three there, you need four to win a series. So if you could play at ACC four times and win four times at the ACC, I think you're moving on, correct? So that's the point. You don't think that the Cavs are gonna be able to come in and steal at least one of those four? Well, that's that's what Matthew's trying to say right now. Take advantage. If you got four home games, take advantage of the four home games. You gotta handle your business at home, especially if you struggle at Quicken Loans Arena. But I mean, it's... I don't see the Raptors. Let's just say this: the Raptors and the Cavs were to go to the Eastern Conference Final this year. 
I don't see the Raptors winning. I mean, sorry, I don't see the Cavs dropping all four games in Toronto. Yeah, at least get yeah. That. Well, in it, the playoffs, you gotta in the playoffs. You gotta be able to do both. Whether you're gonna win at home or win it away, Let, the team's gotta find a way to do it. Whether Cleveland's gonna steal one at home, the Raptors gotta find a way to steal one in Cleveland. It works I know. both ways. It makes sense, but at the end of the at the end of the day, LeBron is going to turn his switch on. <laughs> The whole he's, team will. He's a... Yeah, the, exactly. Like, people think it's, oh, it's just LeBron in the playoffs. But if you actually watch that team play, they're still dropping their three-point shots. They're yep. still rebounding the ball where they need to. Like, obviously, Kevin loves a big loss when it comes to rebounding the ball because he can rebound the, the ball off the offensive and defensive glass just as good. But, I mean... LeBron's going to turn that switch on. And when he turns that switch on, the whole team, the morale of that team is uplifted. I think we can clearly know that... We know that we can't. There's a lot of criticism that LeBron is not good in the fourth quarter. Okay, sometimes. But LeBron, I'm I'm agreeing to your point. <laughs> when he get, when he gets into the playoffs, he could turn a switch and he could be a deadly player against any team, especially the Raptors. He got they got swept last last year. Even though that's a different, totally different team, they haven't won many games at Quicken Loans. In the playoffs, they've, they've, they've won games in the regular season, but it's the regular season. It's about the playoffs. Cleveland has stolen so many games against the Raptors at the ACC. So it's just, it's just there's so many factors about Cleveland being a new team, the bench mob. Oh, I said bench mob. But the bench, can we trust them? Can DeMar, DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, the whole starting squad, can they turn around and actually be productive against in the playoffs? Especially if they have to get towards, uh, if they face have to face uh, Cleveland, which most likely they will. Now, okay, I'm gonna pose a question to you guys. If Cleveland, if this if this Cleveland turned back to the Cleveland pre-trade with It, Jay Crowder, uh, Derrick Rose, all those guys, do you think that they would be seen as you know a team that could get you know destroyed? By not necessarily the Raptors, but you know maybe maybe the Celtics. But a lot of people, I see Dimitri shaking his head over there. He's he's not liking that. He's not liking that. But a lot of people would say no, still because you see LeBron in the playoffs is a completely different story than LeBron in the regular season, and he puts up ridiculous numbers. He makes everybody around him pretty much wide open and gets crazy shots. So um, you know, I, I want I want to make sure. Okay, you guys hold think. I think the team chemistry off the court, if it's if they stuck together, it would have destroyed the Cleveland organization. Right. I don't think they would have made it into the play. Well, not they will make it to the playoffs if they stuck together. Mm-hmm. But would they make a farther run into the playoffs? I don't think so. Just just because of the the disruptions between reportedly Dwayne Wade, Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Love, I just don't think it, it would have worked out off the court and then it'll translate on the court that there's so there'll be criticism of that about mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas he he people might say he ruined the team right and people might say we got they played him too early which there are reports that Isaiah Thomas played too early mm-hmm. I mean I mean that, that's a great point also you got to think where does this put LeBron in the stance of does he stay 
or does he go? Should I stay or should I go? <laughs> he go to the Lakers. He's going to the, the Rockets. Warriors. A lot of people are saying it's like that report moves. came out. He's going to the Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's going. Well, I did. I did say he's going back to. I, I think he should go to uh, San Antonio. Right. But would it be? Would it be? Um, would it, definitely not Sacramento. Definitely not, definitely not Sacramento. Um, <laughs> would 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 it tarnish his legacy if he goes back to the Miami Heat? No, 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 not really. I mean, if he goes, I mean, if he goes to Miami, I mean, it's not. It would basically just be repeating history, really. Yeah. It's not. It's not like you know he would. You know, if he went to a team like the Warriors, obviously that would tarnish his legacy. If he went to a team like San Antonio, that wouldn't. If he went to a team like Rockets, it wouldn't. But the only team that would tarnish his legacy if he were to go to them was is the Warriors. I I I think he should even going to the Rockets could raise that question. Really? Yeah. They have. They're already good enough. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like Jared said last week, I don't. I don't really think the Rockets need him to be honest. They don't even, need him. Yeah. That, that I think LeBron going to the Rockets would just put them above the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, they're already comfortable. They've. They're two and zero against the Warriors this year like I know the last bucket of the game it was Kevin Durant just didn't get the ball off in mm-hmm. time like I, I personally think that the Warriors are still a better team but I still think without LeBron on Houston those two toe-to-toe would still be an amazing series going at least six at least six I think Who wins that I guess right now Rockets are playing better but you my money would, my money would still be on the Golden State Warriors if wait, if they had LeBron or just, no, no, just with Chris right Paul now, and James Harden. Yeah, just right now. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that one. I but if LeBron's on the Rockets, I definitely If LeBron's on the Rockets, tip my cap even, towards yeah, H Town. Yeah. But like H Town. <laughs> I think I do not want to see LeBron go to the Warriors of all teams. And I personally also do not want to see him go to the Rockets because I think that would be a super team. Right now, think of it. Kawhi Leonard has been out the whole season. Mm-hmm. And they're still in the third seed because they have Greg Popovich. Yep. So the only reason, like, even if LeBron went to the Spurs, by no means is that a super team. Mm. They just have two superstars, and they have the best coach of all time. That's all it is. Yeah, they have other good pieces to the team that are very good. But when you shape up them, they're all of their assets right now compared to the Warriors or the Rockets. You can't say that the Spurs are a super team by and no And Skip Bayless, no. would, Skip Bayless would lose his mind too. Yeah. <laughs> Skip. <laughs> He'd probably stop liking the Spurs. Probably. What, what makes uh, what would make a championship team is it's all the foundation. Yeah. It's all from the top to the bottom. So the head office, you need to have a great head office. You need to have people who know the game of basketball and know how to win. <clears throat> like for example, Miami, Pat Riley. <laughs> then you gotta have a great coach. For example, Pop. And then you need... So you don't need... Spolstra. You don't, yeah. You don't really need um, a full team of superstars. You need one all-star MVP candidate. So, for example, we use LeBron in this situation. And then you need a bunch of all-stars. Not a bunch of all-stars. You have one all-star, right? And then you have a bunch of players who can support those players. You know, you have a good point guard who could uh, dish the ball to LeBron. Um, you have a good shooting guard who can pop threes. You have a good power forward who can rebound. And a, and a big man who can be a, be a monster in the paint, right? Those aren't really that hard to find. You know, what uh, what would be good for the West is, I'm going to go back to my point on last week, is San Antonio pursue LeBron. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people around the NBA and league would love to see that because that would actually compete with the Warriors 
and the Rockets. And at the end of the day, everyone wants to see competition in NBA. Everyone, no, but no NBA fan in the league or in the world wants to see the Warriors in the finals every single season. It, it's just going to get all planned out or, or all uh, stale. So LeBron goes to the West. That gives a bunch more competition. And honestly, I think more super teams in the West or more teams will go for a championship and you'll see more also even going to the West too. So it would just create a bunch of just, you know, competition. And that's what the NBA is all about. NBA, NBA fans want to see that. Last point, Adamo. Okay, final point. I'm surprised. You guys are talking about San Antonio. You guys are talking about the Rockets, but you're not talking about the LeVar Ball show and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, the problem is a lot of people have been saying that could be the ideal destination. He won't have as much control. Magic is going to say, listen, LeBron, we're going to bring you here. Maybe they could bring in a Paul George, for example, but that's a whole other discussion if if he were to leave the OKC, which I personally don't think he will, but let's just, let's just imagine. Now, that would be a very good team. You know, you got Brandon Ingram, you got, you got LeBron, you got Lonzo coming back, you got Paul George if they were to all join, and all the other players they got there. But a lot of discussion has been going on, will LeVar Ball be a deterrent in LeBron James going to the LA Lakers, which is inevitably what uh, Magic Johnson wants, because, you know, you look at the situation, and he said he wants all three of the Ball brothers in that. He will take Lonzo off the Lakers, and, you know, a lot of people have been saying, for example, you watch shows like Undisputed TNT, all the shows, saying that either Lonzo or Magic Johnson have to take a stance against LeVar Ball because he's saying all he's saying, saying, I mean, it's no longer saying, this is probably the worst thing he's ever said. I mean, before he said, you know, Coach Luke Walton isn't uh, doing what he thinks he should. That's already, come on, dude, you can't, this isn't like a preschool. You can't be talking for your kid. Uh, but now it's even worse because I say he's going to take Lonzo off the team. He's pretty much giving the team an ultimatum saying that if you don't sign all three of our sons, Jello, Mello, and Lonzo, that he's going to take Lonzo off the team. And I don't think that Magic Johnson will be uh, too upset with letting go of Lonzo if he has to. Well, we'll see this summer. I mean, LeBron's got, there's still half a season left to go. It's a long time before LeBron has to think about his his neck, where he's taking his talents next if he takes them anywhere. But that'll be another discussion for another day. Before we close out the show, though, uh, we can't go without, we can't go ignoring the fact that this weekend, it's All-Star Weekend in the NBA. Uh, in LA, it's All-Star Weekend. And, you know, the festivities, uh, you got Team LeBron against Team Steph on Sunday in the big game. But you also got the Saturday night. So we, we got the two the two big competitions, the three-point contest and the dunk contest. What I wanted to, what we wanted to do is go around here. So between the seven of us, and we want to pick who's going to win the three-point and then the dunk contest. So in the three-point contest, here are the participants. Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. Wayne Ellington of the Miami Heat. The defending champion, Eric Gordon of the Houston Rockets. Paul George of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards. Our very own Kyle Lowry of the Toronto Raptors. Overrated. (laughs) Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns. And Tobias Harris of the LA Clippers. Who's winning three-point contest, guys? JR? Eric Gordon is not going to win back-to-back. Oh, watch, watch, watch the mic. He's not... Oh my God! Which mics am I taking, guys? Okay, Eric Gordon is not gonna go back to back. He's injured. He's not gonna be able to participate. I'd say I'm gonna take the young guy, Devin Booker. He mm-hmm. looks very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's 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 his time to shine once again. I personally agree with Jr. I think that Devin Booker just has this swagger to him that he can. 
be under the spotlight in the three-point contest and still drain those shots. I mean, some of these guys that you see, some of them are more of an in-game shooter. shooter. Bradley Beal is definitely one of those guys. Yep. I mean, obviously Eric Gordon, Clay Thompson, and Devin Booker could all have a legitimate ch- chance of winning. I think those four, but if I were to pick one, I'd probably go with Devin Booker. It's Devin Booker's promising. It's just it's hard to bet against Klay Thompson. That's exactly it's, yeah. It's it's hard, man. I mean, you got Steph Curry who's not in it this year, but <laughs> arguably the second greatest shooter of all time. This guy's shooting 45% from the three this year. Who, Clay or Clay Steph? Thompson. Okay, yeah. It's just, it's hard to pick against him. I, I, I'm rolling with Clay. I'm going to think outside the box here. Cut Lowry, huh? Tobias Harris. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. No. Um, no, it, it's got to be Clay. I mean, Clay is one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Let's, let's, uh, Devin Booker is definitely going to challenge him. I think it'll be Devin Booker and Clay Thompson in the finals. I think that's, that, that's what's going to be, but Clay Thompson's going to win that. My boy Matthew Spina spinning the straight facts, trying to throw us off with the curveball. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, oh, Dimitri's looking at me. He's looking at me. I'm going to say Devin Booker. This guy's got a fresher fade than Dimitri Daphos on the first day of school. This guy is a machine, okay? You have to understand, this guy is showing why the Phoenix Suns, you know, maybe in the future they can become something. Who knows? But Devin Booker is my pick. Ben Brown, what are you thinking, bro? Lowry. Don't know what to say, I think. Spina, uh, and Tristan sort of uh, said all that needs to be said. You can't bet against Clay. I mean, come on. Guys shooting 45% from downtown. That's crazy numbers. I mean, you just can't bet against him. He's one of the best shooters in the game. If it wasn't for Steph, uh, and not you, Steph, Steph Curry. Uh, I shoot just as good as I'm going to What fantasy world are you in? Um, no, but you can't bet against him. He's, he's going to take it, and I don't think it's going to be that close. Steph, who are you taking? I'm going to take Clay. Just, just, Why is just, that? Just because you mentioned the numbers don't lie. 45% is a, it's a, it's a tough number to beat, so I'm picking Clay. Well, you know, I, so for the most part, what we got? Three Bookers, three Clays. Or do we have four bookers. We have four bookers and three clays. Either way, either way, both are. I think both Devin Booker and Clay Thompson should be in the finals, and it's going to go down from that. But from my opinion, I do believe Devin Booker will win. Okay, and now one more before we end off here. We're going to pick the winner of the slam dunk contest. That's the big event at the end of the night. Uh, four great competitors all could throw it down in the hoop. Mm-hmm. We got Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz. Absolute beast. Victor Oladipo of the Indiana Pacers. Having a great year this mm-hmm. year. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. in the past week just got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he's going to go represent Cleveland in the All-Star game and in the dunk contest. And you've got the the rookie, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, Steph, who are you taking to win the dunk contest, man? Vince Carter. (laughs) 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 Say the things again. <laughs> Steph, we would I appreciate it. We'd appreciate it if you paid attention. Uh, when we oh, I got names. it. Never mind. I got it. He got it. He got it. Okay. And explain why. Hey, take your take your time, man. I'm going with all the deep. I like him. <laughs> Yeah, I got to go with Steph. I think Oladipo has a real chance at 
uh, pulling this thing out. Uh, you know, there is some good competition in this contest, but uh, I think he's going to be the one at the end of the night lifting the trophy. How dare you guys disrespect the man, the myth, the legend, Donovan Mitchell, okay? This guy yeah. is on my fantasy team, and you already know that he's going to take over. This guy has been carrying, he has been carrying the Utah Jazz to an 11-game win streak, I believe it is, and I think You're that... You're correct. Uh, I, JR, thank you very no much man. for that approval. No I think that this guy, I mean, he's another guy with a nice fresh face. He's got the fo- the mohawk thing going on. I don't know what he's doing. But he's lanky, he's big, he can dunk, and he's gonna and he's gonna do well on the big stage. Are you guys being serious right now? Hold that, on, Tristan. You're going Dennis Smith, huh? No, no I'm not. Huh? Tristan, go, say the four names again. Gladly. Donovan Mitchell, yep. Utah Jazz. Yep. Victor Oladipo, yep. Indiana Pacers. Yep. Larry Nance Jr. Yep. Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep. Dennis Smith Jr., Dallas Mavericks. Dennis Smith Jr. Okay. Why'd you lie to me? Uh huh. I just asked you if you're gonna take Dennis Smith, and you Honestly, said no. I went in through one ear and out the other. Then, <laughs> wow. I'm so like sorry. Him. I'm wow. so sorry. But Dennis Smith Jr. Man, have you guys seen yeah. him? His pregame dunks. That's pregame. This guy's just messing around. Imagine if he actually wants to go with a dunk, um, or you know, uh, show off his abilities. Um, I actually got a quick question for you guys. Larry Nance Jr. You think he's gonna have a negative reaction with Lakers fans, or they're gonna cheer him? Oh, I think they're true. They're true. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. I just something just crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he. It was something. It was something just crossed my mind. He didn't bad mouth. He bad mouth late in the Lakers yeah. or anything. So, should be fine. Okay, agreeable. Dimitri, I think this is the most athletic slam dunk competition I've ever seen. Aaron Gordon. Well, hold on. Aaron, Aaron Gordon's not uh, not in it. I mean. <laughs> Sorry, this is an old. That's an old picture, right? Because yeah, he got replaced. He got replaced. What the hell is that? Yeah. We apologize for that. I'm having some technical, technical difficulties. difficulties. But anyways, yeah. This is Donovan Mitchell. My bad. So yeah. So Donovan Mitchell, Ola Depot, Larry Nance Jr., and Dennis Smith. This is very athletic. But if I were to pick one, from day one, I was always going Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, boy. And I think I'm going to stick with that because I think he's the most athletic. And I think with his size, the fact that he's so small compared to these other guys, some of his dunks are going to look more impressive. And I think that's going to stand out in the judges' eyes. And he throws down a power, yeah. too. It's not just like... It's for, not, a small, for a small guy? Exactly. You know, he reminds me of like a Nate Robinson. I think you can do what Nate Robinson did. Exactly. Couple, uh, was like a decade back, I believe it was. Yeah. I think it's, it's a perfect chance that... Aaron Gordon, unfortunately, he was injured, but honestly, I don't think he was going to do well in, a, in this third dunk contest. Mm. Uh, yeah, but he, he only takes L's, you know? <laughs> being, being, hey, in Toronto, that being was... Being replaced by Donovan Mitchell, which I, I believe that Donovan Mitchell should have been in the dunk contest at before Aaron Gordon got mm. picked, but being replaced, I think Donovan Mitchell will win, mm. and I think I'm going to stand by that because he, he's a very explosive dunker, and hopefully he'll win the dunk contest because I do believe he will. I'm I'm going Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, boy. Guys got go. guys got hops, man. He's six three. He's twenty years old. He's ru- he's in Athletic the running. Athletic as hell. In, in my opinion, he's in running for rookie of the year. I don't think he's gonna win it, but he's in running for it. No, I think the, I think Donovan Mitchell will win that rookie of the year. He'll win that. I I don't know. I just don't. I don't want to. He's averaging fourteen points a game this year. Come I know. On. I know the points yeah. don't matter necessarily when it comes to dunking, but I think Don. I think uh, sorry, Dennis Smith Jr. is gonna have a great night. I think he's gonna be the champion this year. Mm. 
Hey man, we had a great podcast today. Uh, thank you guys for joining. Uh, ben Brown, Adamo Rutako, and uh, Matthew Spino. Honestly, we don't have time. We'll talk about the Olympics next week. Yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, yeah, go Canada, go. First off, Ben Brown, where can they find you at? Any social media? I know you're writing. You write for someone. Yeah, I do. I uh, write for um, a couple of different websites. Uh, one is called Canada Football Chat. We discuss uh, high school age players uh, and uh, university recruit recruited um, recruited guys. Uh, and the other one is called thehockeywriters.com. I uh, write columns on uh, the boys in blue and white. Um, so you can find me there. I post my stories on Twitter. My handle is at BenBrown97. So you can find uh, a lot of different work and some interesting content over there, Mr. Rotaco. Adamo? Well, 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 you can find me on Twitter at Adamo Taco, which I'll be changing in their near future. I don't know. We'll see about that. But you can find me on uh, IFTV. I'm the creative director over there. Got some got some cool stuff going on. If you like uh, that. What does uh, IFTV stand for? Bro. They can find out once they check out the channel. All right. Well, Forza Italia. <laughs> for those of you wondering, IFTV stands for Italian Football TV. TV. <laughs> they cover the Serie A, which is the Italian first flight league. We'll have a spin-off podcast for soccer, okay, guys? I, got, yeah, I promise for you that. Milan. Matthew Spina, where can they find you at? You can find me on Instagram at, at Matthew Spina. I just posted a banging photo today. You all should go like it. Yeah, only photo, so it's a rare occurrence. <laughs> um, and you can also find me on Twitter at, at mspina underscore. Dimitri Daphos. To all the viewers out there, you can find me on Twitter and or Instagram at Dimitri Daphos. If you ever have, if you ever have a question for me, DM me, don't feel afraid to, and I'd be happy to answer your questions. Very open in the DMs, right? Always. Tristan, Tristan Marcajani, where can they find you at? As always, you can find me on Twitter at tmarcajani13, and you can also find me on Instagram at Tristan Marcajani. Uh, Steph, where are they going to find you? Um, they can find me at uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at uh, Stefan underscore Pledge or on Twitter at Pledge98 uh, like usual don't be afraid to DM or text anything you want us to talk about hey guys don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JustSportsTalk underscore and email us DM, DM us at JustSportsTalkShow at gmail.com don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and follow us on SoundCloud so you get the latest episodes every freaking week in your feeds. Um, oh, yeah. We are, we are, okay. I thought, I thought we weren't going to record a podcast next week, but we still will. But I think in the next two weeks, we'll take a break. Uh, as Seneca students, we have some projects to, projects to do. We are still in school. We are journalism students. We got to get the marks up. We got to graduate. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys later. Peace out. Rah!